if you are looking to move abroad, to teach abroad, to save money, to live an awesome quality of life, Da Nang, Vietnam is perfect for that. Hello, you're listening to Teach Abroad Pod, the travel podcast by traveling teachers for traveling teachers. I'm Allison. And I'm Nicola. This is the podcast to help you get out there and start teaching and start traveling. Teaching abroad is an awesome way to do something meaningful, to travel the world without needing a massive savings account, and to have some really interesting experiences while you do it. Each week, we'll talk to people from all over the world and hear their teaching abroad stories. But first, Allison, what are you up to this week? So I'm actually currently sitting in the Berlin Schoenfeld Airport. I am on my way to D.C. and then New Orleans and then D.C. and then like lower Virginia. And I'm going to be going to two different weddings. So I am on my way to those. It's going to be a hectic couple of weeks, (laughs) but fun. And where are you and what are you up to? I am in Ubud this week and I have just been enjoying the proximity to the monkey forest because there are monkeys everywhere, which is adorable. I also really like the cafe culture here. Um, There's some really good coffee and cute coffee shops where you can go and be very productive and do things like work on a podcast for an afternoon. So. It's been a really nice place to to home base for uh, for a little bit. That's really nice. How long are you there for? Uba, just under two weeks. And then I'm in Bali for another week or so. And then I am onward to the next thing. And I don't know exactly what that is yet. Oh my gosh, you're wild. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> so Nicola, who is on the Teach Abroad pod today. This week, we are so excited to be talking to an awesome traveler and teacher, Avery from Anywhere and Everywhere. Avery moved to Hanoi, Vietnam to take on the world of teaching English. She sold everything she owned, packed a backpack, and eventually settled down in the beautiful city of Da Nang. She spends her days at the beach, rooftop pools, or cafes, working on her blog, and teaches English online by night. So I'm super excited to talk to Avery, but Allison, where are you going? I am going to my gate right now so that I can catch my plane to Reykjavik, Iceland. And so I hope you guys have a wonderful time and I will talk to you again in a little bit. Yeah, we'll catch you in the outro. Hey, Avery. So Avery, where in the world are you and how did you get there? Yeah, so right now I am sitting in my homestay in Da Nang, Vietnam. Some people say Da Nang, some people say Da Nang. No one's told me if I'm right or wrong yet, so I'll probably use both. But that's where I am in the world right now. I came from my TEFL course that I took through the International TEFL Academy in Hanoi, Vietnam. I signed up and took the course May through June 2018 in Hanoi. Took the course, kind of decided that Hanoi wasn't really my city personally. Um, I liked a little bit smaller kind of vibe. So I packed my bags from Hanoi and got on a jet plane and flew to Da Nang and haven't left yet. So 
that's the long story of how I got here. That's awesome. So are you a teacher in Da Nang? What are you doing in Da Nang? Yeah, so I started teaching in person here in Da Nang. Vietnam has more teaching jobs than there are teachers. And you can see that just going on any sort of Teachers in Da Nang Facebook page or Teachers in Hanoi Facebook page. There are people asking for English teachers every day, every other minute, it seems like, honestly. So I started teaching um, in person. I was just teaching three hours at a center, kind of knowing that I wanted to do online teaching, but I was like, I'll try this in-person thing out. I actually really enjoyed in-person teaching. The kids are absolutely adorable, and it was such a joy to see them, even in the short two months that I had them, how much better they got at English, which was great. But I just did that for about two and a half months and decided that, you know what, I'm just going to do this online teaching thing. I don't know how long I'll live here. So why not just online teach so I can kind of go everywhere? So currently I'm teaching uh, for two companies. I'm teaching for Dada and GoGoKid online. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Dada and GoGoKid. How do you get started? What kind of qualifications do you need? For sure. So Dada, I feel like they change their qualifications from time to time. But when I applied, it was you need a bachelor's degree, you need to be a native English speaker, you need to have a TEFL certificate or be willing to get a TEFL certificate, I think within three to six months and then prove to them that you're either enrolled or will be taking one. Um, You need to have obviously good internet speeds. They do know if your internet is slow. If you are having internet issues, they will email you and ask for an IT test to make sure that everything's up to par. Because you do have to remember that people are paying really good money to take these online courses with you. And so these companies want to make sure that they have a really good experience. So they do try to make sure that your internet's are up to sp- internet is up to speed. Alert contracts are six months or a year. There's I don't really see any value in signing a year as opposed to six months. You can't ask for a pay raise or anything until after a year anyway. So even though the, at your end of the contract of six months, they'll just ask to s- if they liked you, if you weren't absent a lot or didn't miss out on any classes, have lots of IT issues no complaints from parents. At the end of the six months, they'll ask to re-sign you for an additional six months. That's Dada. And then GoGoKid is similar. So they require a TEFL, a degree, and to be a native speaker. Actually, GoGoKid, you have to be Canadian or American. They do ask for a copy of your passport that you have to send in. So there's no really getting around that one. Similar, yes, similar to Dada, they test your internet speeds and you have fast internet. Again, the whole educational background, have some props, have some smiles. <laughs> the different thing about GoGoKid, um, as opposed to Dada, is you get to choose your schedule weekly. So with Dada, if you sign a contract saying you will work Friday, Saturday, Sunday evenings, you have to work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings until the end of your contract. You are able to email and ask for a change, but they take a very long time to put it into play. So if you are kind of jumping around and moving around a lot and your schedule's unpredictable, Dada isn't usually the best for that. But if you know that you're going to be somewhere with a consistent schedule, Dada's perfect. And then if you kind of want the more the freedom to sign up for classes on Wednesday this week, but be off Wednesday next week, Go Go Kid is the one for that. So I'm just kind of 
tinkering between the two currently. Awesome. So what is a typical day like for you teaching online, like living in Vietnam? Can you walk us through what your days are like? Yes, definitely. So I live in a beach city in Vietnam. And the beach is actually very, very nice. It's a long stretch of beach. It's a huge coast. So you're able to find secluded little beaches. You're able to find, you know, more touristy beaches with the whole cabanas and being served drinks and all of that. So my day is usually spent on the beach. I will wake up and have a delicious Vietnamese coffee, maybe a banh mi for breakfast or pho. Pho is the breakfast of choice around here and I have not gotten tired of it yet. (laughs) And then I'll usually just scoot on over to the beach, lay out for a while, listen to a podcast or two, listen to some music. Usually some friends will come meet me And we just kind of hang out at the beach. We'll go and grab lunch together. And because I am working on building my blog and doing a little online writing, my afternoons are usually spent in coffee shops. I spend, I would say, 75% of my waking hours just sitting in coffee shops in Vietnam. They are so cheap. I mean, I'm talking less than a dollar for coffee. So you can just sit there all day. You can surf the internet. You can do some writing, but there are so many. And Vietnam is such a cafe culture. Like there are cafes everywhere. And the coolest thing about being in cafes in Vietnam is that you're in cafes with locals. So the locals go to the same coffee shops, all the expats and Westerners do, which is really, really cool. You don't get that in a lot of places. It's usually pretty divided. But in Vietnam, there are Vietnamese couples sitting right next to you and your friend working. So that's awesome. So I don't start teaching until around five. So five o'clock is go time. I'll usually come home around four, jump in the shower, get all the sand off of me because you're always sandy and salty when you live at the beach. And then I throw on a blue t-shirt, put on my headphones and teach until about eight. So I'll do from five to eight and then usually see who wants to go grab dinner, have some dinner, maybe go out for a beer or two and then wake up and do it all over again. So a pretty nice life. I've got no complaints. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. I think living in the beach is a dream for most people. Oh, yeah. I just I need the green space. That's that's why I didn't last in Hanoi for too long. I just, I needed the nature, needed the beach, needed a pool, I needed mountains, I needed something. And I'm not going to lie, Da Nang has it all. Well, how did you find your apartment there? Where are you living? Yeah, so when I first moved here, I actually was just in a hostel for a few days just to get everything figured out. Facebook groups, Facebook groups, Facebook groups <laughs> for literally everything you need. Every city I've looked into living in has a Facebook group. So they're either called Denang Expat, Denang Support Form, Denang Community, Denang Housing. There's so many. Um, so I was just on these expat groups one day and there's a girl who her roommate had just recently left. She was looking for a new roommate. There's only three months left in the contract. And I was like, well, that's perfect. I think three months is kind of a good time for me to you know, figure out if I'm going to stay here or not. So I just con- contacted her on Facebook, met up with her, had dinner with her. It seemed like it was going to go well. So I met up with the landlord, transferred over from the old roommate to me. And then, yeah, so that's how I found it. And then that lease actually ended and I didn't know how much longer I was going to stay here in Vietnam. So I didn't know a lot of the contract, a lot of the apartment contracts here you have to sign for three, six or 12 months. And because um, I teach online, so I can go anywhere I want at any time, 
I was like, I don't really want to get myself into another three-month contract. So again, Facebook groups, I found (laughs) a month-to-month homestay in a Facebook group. So I pay for a month. At the end of that month, I can I could decide to stay or go. Um, so join all the Facebook groups you can. There's either people looking for roommates or my friends that moved here just, just put everything they wanted. I want a studio. I want a one-bedroom, one-bathroom. I need to have a pool. It needs to have this, fast Wi-Fi. And your inbox will be flooded with people and realtors trying to get you to come look at their apartments. It's super easy. So you said you can find like month to month or shorter term leases too. Yeah, it's pretty rare. A lot of the apartments um, here in Da Nang specifically and from Hanoi from what I've understood is they want at least three months. You need to at least commit to three months. You can find month to month, but they tend to be a little bit more expensive. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They, it's, I think it's just a, they don't want to risk having it vacated for, I don't know, a month or something because you know they lose out on money for it. it. You can find shorter terms, but three months is pretty common. So how is it like balancing the cost of living versus how much you're able to make teaching online in Da Nang? Yes. Da Nang is so cheap. Vietnam is as cheap as you read. I, you can't lie about it. My favorite meal here is 64 cents. The coffees are 24 cents or something ridiculous like that. A bowl of pho that's bigger than your head is going to cost you a dollar 20. It's it's a lifestyle that really depends on you. Personally, I really enjoy eating local. So eating local is eating the banh mi, the pho, the street corner stuff. I do splurge on a few western meals every now and then. There's a place with quesadillas I love, there's a place with sushi I love, with pizza. But even that, the pizza here will cost you $7. That is $7 delivered to your door, which is fabulous. I had sushi tonight for a total of $3, I believe, which is incredible. As an online teacher, you're earning anything from like $17 to like $21 an hour, which here, that'll pay one hour of work will pay for like four days of food. It's it's literally crazy. It's crazy. It's absurd. So, but I I haven't had to like think much about budget here because it is that cheap. I go, I get my nails done. I love a good massage or a facial. I go for cocktails with my girlfriends and I've still been able to save. So if you don't mind me asking, how much is a, like a homestay room or your three-month apartment? I'm curious because I want to go. <laughs> so my two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in a very nice neighborhood. It was a local neighborhood, super close to the expat area where all the expats live. I was paying $300 a month there. So $300 in our electricity bill, let's see, I just paid it, was $64 for across three months for me. So it was $120 total. I paid 64 US dollars for the three months and my roommate paid the other half. But I'm going to be honest, I think he may have given us a sick deal because that doesn't sound right to me. But that's how much I had to pay. So three months of that, $300 a month and my homestay is 320 US a month. And that includes my Wi-Fi, it includes electricity, it includes water. And there's an adorable little like cafe downstairs so the owner's always cooking. She she force feeds me spring rolls and makes me smoothies <laughs> all the time. Um, so that's it's awesome. It's been really great here. So about three twenty a month 
for a month-to-month homestay in Da Nang. That is ideal. That sounds awesome. I am seriously like taking notes because I might go there next. It is the perfect place. If I'm I'm dead serious. If you are if you're wanting to teach abroad to save money and to live one of those best quality of lives, Da Nang is an extremely livable city with the beach right next to it. Hoi An is 30 minutes away, which is the fairy tale land of Vietnam. I'm well fed. I have some freckles and some tan on my skin. I teach (laughs) 17 hours a week about and have a pretty sweet life. If you are looking to move abroad, to teach abroad, to save money, to live an awesome quality of life, Da Nang, Vietnam is perfect for that. I think it's cheaper than Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh for my little time in Hanoi and what I hear from my friends in Ho Chi Minh. Um, Da Nang is cheap. It's easy to live here. You have the beach. No more, no more than 10 minutes away from wherever you decide to live in this city. Um, and you have the beautiful city of Hoi An, which is the fairy tale city of Vietnam, 30 minutes away. But I'm not talking Bali. We don't have lots of smoothie bowls or lots of green rainforest like. But Da Nang is the place to go to save money, to live an awesome teaching life. It sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely like adding that to the (laughs) list. Were you able to travel around Vietnam a lot or to other countries in Asia? So I traveled before I moved to teach. um, But I'm such a little workaholic that I honestly had the time if I wanted to, to teach in between, I mean, sorry, to travel in between when I got my TEFL course, TEFL certificate, and when I decided to start teaching, I had the time to, t- to like travel and I chose to go straight to teaching. <laughs> so I didn't get to right, see right. too much. So I started off in Hanoi. I didn't go see Sapa or Halong Bay, which is the, the two popular destinations of the North. And then after that, I moved to Da Nang and I go to Hoi An. It feels like every other week, <laughs> sometimes just for a day. Sometimes I'll spend the week there. Sometimes I'll spend the night there and come back, but I haven't made it down to the South, no. So just Central and North Vietnam so far. And how do you get around? Motorbike baby. So I think there's some fun fact somewhere on the internet that there's more motorbikes in Vietnam than people. I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like it. (laughs) I hope that's true. (laughs) It possibly is. So motorbike is king in Vietnam. Everyone has them. You see old grandmothers on them. You see young 16-year-olds that shouldn't be on them. Expats are on them. Families of seven and their dog are on them. Everyone has one. When I first moved to Vietnam, I would have bet money I would not drive a, a motorbike. I was terrified. There are no rules when it comes to the road in Vietnam. The more you drive, the more you see that there actually are rules but you as a Westerner are the one that messes up (laughs) these unspoken driving rules. Someone described it to me as a dance. It's basically driving in Vietnam is a dance and we, the Westerners, mess up the steps is what we're told. It is a special treat driving around Vietnam. I enjoyed this city, this country, and my life way more when I started driving. The independence factor is just necessary. 
you don't want to have to wait on someone to pick you up or walk everywhere when it is 102 degrees outside. So I slowly, slowly, slowly taught myself how to drive. You have to go for baby steps when you're driving in Vietnam, or especially when you're driving a motorbike anywhere, especially if you're used to a car. I started out in my small alleyway. Just every day I'd wake up when it wasn't as busy, drive up and down my alleyway. Then once I was comfortable with the balance and stopping and turning it around, I moved to my neighborhood. And then once I was comfortable with the neighborhood, I started driving on the main roads. And then once I was comfortable on the main roads, I went to the even bigger main roads. And now I'm (laughs) super confident on the bike. I zoom in and out of traffic like nobody's business. I drive myself to Hoi An, which is about 30 minutes away all the time. I've done the High Van Pass, which is the beautiful, beautiful scenic route from Hue, Vietnam to Da Nang. I've driven that a few times, which can be pretty scary, but practice practice makes perfect. That's such good advice to start out slow and start on smaller roads and not just dive in. Because I know whenever I've had to go to the clinic here, there's always 30 people in there with motorbike accidents. So starting small is definitely important. It is. It is so scary. I'm so thankful that me and all of my friends, none of us have been in accidents. I've had a few friends that have have fallen off, but no like head-on collisions or anything. It's just that they may have, when you're not used to the balance and the weight of a bike, sometimes you just kind of like topple over sometimes. But luckily everyone's okay. So yeah, (laughs) you just fall down. (laughs) You just fall down. You know, you have to, you just scrape, you just get back up and get on again. But there are, um, Vietnam does have a ride share option. It's called Grab. So there are Grab bikes and it is extremely cheap to get anywhere. So you just, it's an app on your phone. It finds your location. You type in where you want to go. And within three minutes, a guy on a motorbike shows up to where you are. You get on the back, takes you where you need to be. And it's usually anywhere from 12,000 dong to 24,000 dong, which is 50 cents to a dollar to get kind of anywhere you want. So pretty sweet. Awesome. So kind of going back a little bit to teaching, do you have a favorite teaching story from your time with Dada and GoKid? Yeah. So actually my teach, my favorite teaching story is from teaching in person. When I was teaching in person, I had this adorable class. It was their first time to ever be in an English class. So in Vietnam, it's pretty common to give your students English names if it's their first like time taking an English class. Because you know they come with Vietnamese names and they're I don't know how to pronounce them. So how do you call on them or really do much with them if you don't know how to pronounce their name? So it's pretty common to give them English names. So my first day of class, I was assigning all their English names. And I gave this adorable little boy the name of Tommy, which is so funny because he's such a Tommy. After like five classes, I was like, I nailed your name. You're such a little Tommy. So the first class, though, Tom, you could tell he was just, he was petrified. He is, I don't, he's never been in an English class before. The song Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes was overwhelming to him. He couldn't say his name. I mean, there was no, hello, my name is, how are you? I mean, no English at all. He would fake injuries to like sit at the side of the classroom because you could tell he was just so overwhelmed with the songs and English itself. So we just kept on working with him, kept on working with him. 
And by the third class, you had never seen a more confident kid. After three classes, uh, it's like, it's incredible to see them just go from zero to hero. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. So we, we start at the basics, right? That's what you do when you have an, a, a new class, basics. After three classes, he would st- he volunteered first. I mean, his hand would shoot up in the air. Teacher me, teacher me, teacher me. <laughs> yes, Tommy. And he would stand up. My name is Tommy. I am six years old. And I'm like, yes, you are, Tommy. Go, Tommy. Yes, you are. <laughs> but just seeing their confidence grow. And you, if they get an answer right and you high five them, their faces light up. When you walk into the room, they are so excited to see you. They run up to you, give you high fives, like want to come up and hug you. But I think definitely my favorite was just seeing Tommy go from so timid, so shy to the first one to volunteer to do anything. Even if he was wrong, he was so wanting to be involved and like, teacher me, teacher me, listen to what I have to say. And I was like, that's my Tommy. That's my Tommy. Oh my gosh, that's so cool to hear about that kind of growth and so fast too. Just oh, three I know classes. it's crazy. And then, um, well, actually, with Dada, I, you, I'm sure you've had this with the VIP kid. They love to show off their talents. So <laughs> one of my kids, I remember she started. She would talk about how she just came back from piano lessons. So one day I was like, "Play the piano for me." So she brings the iPad over to the piano and plays me music for like ten minutes. They love showing off their toys or showing off. There's things they can do. And I'm just like, you are so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've definitely had a few recitals during class. And every time it's just, this is the coolest thing. They're so talented. And they're so excited to show you too, which is so fun. So what advice would you have? I mean, you have painted a very beautiful picture. I'm jealous. I'm planning a trip to Vietnam now. What advice do you have for someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? The number one thing I would have to say is save more money than you think you need. So luckily, I had a full corporate 40-hour-a-week job before I, before I moved out here, so I was able to save. The friends that I've made haven't been as lucky. So what they don't tell you, and this I'm pretty sure this may just be Vietnam, is when you do get here... And you start working, which isn't always right off the plane. You do, you go on a few interviews, you know, you do a few demo lessons. They usually are quick to offer you the job, but it's, you know, you have to work out the pay and your schedule and everything. You may not get paid for a little while when you first get here. So what happens is they usually pay once a month in Vietnam. And so you may get paid on October 15th, on November 15th, December 15th. But if you say if you were to move and you started teaching on October 3rd, you will not get a paycheck until November 15th. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. And another thing they don't tell you is that when you sign your apartment lease, they want three months of rent up front. It was the same in Hanoi and it was the same. It's the same here. Ho Chi Minh, I think, is similar. So if you if you first move here and you're looking for an apartment, so I had to pay for a deposit and three months rent. When I first moved here, I had to fork out $1,200. Oh, wow. And I don't think there's much leniency in that. I haven't heard of anyone convincing their landlord to let them pay month to month because they want security that you will be there for three months. They want three months up front plus a security deposit. So that's $1,200 off the bat. And then you may not get your first paycheck until a month and a half after that. 
So if you think you've saved enough, save $1,000 more. <laughs> I've, I've had friends that have had to call home and ask for money because they didn't realize this. When I moved here, I did not know that. I did not read it anywhere. And I am an avid YouTube watcher, blog reader. I thought I knew it all. For whatever reason, no one that travels, I mean, that teaches in Vietnam talks about the startup costs. You can't move here on $30 or $300. Yes, $30 or $300 will last you a long time, but to start off here, you need a little bit more than that. So save more than you think you need. Thank you so much for telling us all these inside tips and tricks and about this kind of hidden gem in Vietnam, it sounds like. It is. It's the third largest city. Yeah, it's the third largest city. It gets kind of hidden behind, you know, it's it's bigger sisters of Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. But people come here and they stay. If you ask people that have lived here, how long we've been here, if they've been here for a year, they've been here for two years, how long are you going to say? I don't know. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Well, if you don't mind, we have a listener question that you might be able to help with. I think you mentioned this. Yeah. We were talking earlier about packing. So we got a question that's basically just, how do you pack to move abroad? I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it is definitely a hot topic. When when people see that I teach abroad, that is definitely what they ask. What did you bring? What did you leave behind? All of this. Unless you're moving to a f- very small city or middle of nowhere, you can buy it there. If you are not wearing it now, you're not going to wear it later. So if you have that t-shirt that you're thinking, oh yeah, that should come with me. If you haven't worn it in three months, don't bring it. Pack it up in a box, leave it in your parents' house. You're not going to wear it over here. My other piece of advice is be as minimalistic as possible. You will thank yourself later. For example, I moved here in a backpack, okay? a How big is that thing? 65 liter Osprey backpack. That's it. My old roommate brought two huge suitcases full of clothes. We somehow did laundry at the same time all the time, which basically means that she wasn't wearing half the things she brought. When you pack two huge suitcases and you're doing laundry as often as someone who brought a backpack... You're not wearing all the things you you brought, right? And you have to think about when you're teaching, especially over in Asia, teaching only takes up 20% of your week. So you don't need 25 classroom outfits. You need four or five outfits to wear in the classroom and just rotate them. Your students won't care that you are wearing the same skirt as last week. They usually show up in the same clothes as last week, most of the time, so it doesn't matter. And pack clothes that can go with each other. So I brought lots of neutrals. I brought whites, olives, blacks, grays. Everything goes with each other. So if you pick up a skirt and it only goes with one shirt that you're bringing, don't bring the skirt. It's just going to take up room. Bring what you know you'll wear. Bring nothing. I'm telling you, like I'm still getting rid of stuff. When I first moved, again, I'm moving to backpack. When I first got here, I like laid everything out. And if I didn't wear it within the first month of being here, I got rid of it, which is surprisingly a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to wear it. If you didn't, if you haven't worn it in a month, you're not going to wear it next month. So continue to just kind of like slowly get rid of things. Four or five teaching outfits, the rest casual outfits, make sure that they all go together. Don't, don't overpack, don't overthink it. You can buy it here, honestly. I think that's 
a really important tip because a lot of people don't realize that you can actually I, I remember because I'm I'm very tall and I was told you're not going to be able to find stuff in Asia that fits you. And there's like a Forever 21 or an H&M or whatever in pretty much every city I've been to so far <laughs> with all the same sizes as back home. And it, so it was just exactly. Yeah, it was a non-issue. One hundred percent. It's a non-issue. In Hanoi, there's Zara and H&M and malls. In Saigon, there's H&M and malls. In Bangkok, there's H&M. In Da Nang, you may not be able to go to a store and buy clothes in Da Nang, but Hoi An, which is 30 minutes away, is the capital of getting tailor-made clothes. Ooh. As I got rid of things, I got new things. I've had seven outfits made in Hoi An for nothing but custom to my size, the fabric I wanted, the design I wanted. So even if you're in Da Nang or Hoi An, definitely don't bring anything because you will just spend all your money on getting clothes made. Yeah, and that's an awesome tip. And then you have probably something much more meaningful than what I picked up in the Bangkok Forever 21. But <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes, I get so many fun compliments on the stuff I've gotten made. So many fun. And they're fun to take pictures with too. Because you're like, oh, look at this flowy dress that was custom made for me. Okay, super jealous about a lot of things. That's one of them. <laughs> well, we are about out of time. Thank you so much for sharing your story and yes. telling us all of that. This is so fun. Well, so Avery, if someone wants to, I don't know, say, read more about your adventures on the internet somewhere, where could they do that? Yes. Yeah, so I have a little blog that I update from time to time. It's called Anywhere and Everywhere. I see what you did there. <laughs> I know it was so fun. It's it's fun to keep up with. You have a lot of free time when you're teaching English in Asia. Pick up a hobby is another one of my recommendations. So blogging has been one of mine. Anywhere and everywhere.com. And is that your handle on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff? It is anywhere and everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Bye guys. See y'all in Vietnam. Thanks, Avery. How was it? Did you guys have fun? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome back. How are you? Where are you? I am now in America on my way to my first wedding. The flight was very long and I wish I was in first class and yet I am a English teacher in grad school. So I was not in first class. Well, hey, we can always make it big as podcasters. Yes. <laughs> if you guys want to hear more about Avery and teaching online with Dada and life in Vietnam, you can check it out on her blog. That's anywhereandeverywhere.com. If you want more Teach Abroad Pod, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Teach Abroad Pod. You can also click that subscribe button in the top corner of wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you want more Allison, follow her on wickedflighty.com. And if you want more me, you can follow me on scenicwander.com. And we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. Happy teaching. Happy traveling.